Super Talk Mississippi media production. Specializing in Ford, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Rams. CorinthAutoGroup.com and FordOfCorinth.com, where cars and happy drivers meet. Visit us now in person or online with the experience you deserve. week went by pretty fast. At least I hope it did for you the same way it did for me. Welcome in to the live stream. I'm Michael Bork. Glad to see you guys on this Friday morning. I've got a couple of things for you. Uh, keys to the game. I'm going to steal something from myself. Uh, a, a content item that I uh, came up with for the radio show that we've been doing for a couple of years now. Uh, I'm going to bring it here because it's my idea. So why not? Uh, We're going to do that, and I've got three picks for you as well, just like last week. So essentially, keys to the game, if you will, for uh, Ole Miss and Alabama and Mississippi State, Texas A&M. So glad to see you. Welcome in. And if you're watching on Twitter, I'm going to say this like two more times before I'm done talking about it, but uh, if you're watching on Twitter, you cannot comment at least for now, or in a way that I can see it anyway. Maybe you can talk to yourself. I don't know. But if you want to actually comment and be a part, you got to do it on YouTube. So find me on YouTube, Michael Borky on YouTube, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, if you like what you hear, actually like the video, that would help me out a lot as well. But subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can also follow on Twitter and Facebook under the same name or wherever you get your podcast, Mike in the Morning, or my name should turn up results there as well. So I'm everywhere, at least trying to be. Somebody recommended Twitch to me, and I don't know if there's an audience yet for Twitch. I've, I'll, I'll consider that. Maybe later. I'm not a good enough Call of Duty player to do anything with Twitch. You know what I mean? I, I still view that as like a video gaming platform. But hey, you know, if you guys want to watch me struggle on Rebirth Island, you can do that. Anyway, all right. So here we go. It's um, it's called two questions. Essentially, is it's something that I came up with years ago. And it's pretty simple, and I I have actually thought that we've turned it into some pretty good conversation over the years. So it's X team absolutely must do what if they want to win the game on Saturday, and this team absolutely cannot do what if they want to win the game on Saturday. Two questions, very simple. We turned it into pretty good content, I think. And there's always that guy every time, and now it's become a running joke because I used to you know, kind of pick on the people that would say, uh, well, they absolutely must score more than the other team. Wow. Thank you. Genius. Very, very clever of you. Uh, no, I'm going to go a little bit deeper than score more points than your opponent on this one, but I'll, uh, I'll start with Mississippi state since I've talked a lot about Ole Miss Alabama this week. Yeah. Naturally. So Mike Wilbon didn't take a shot at Mike Leach, you know, that, that was a Kiffin conversation and there's just been more about that. So I'll start with Mississippi state. The Bulldogs absolutely must play mistake-free. I'll give you two because that one's so simple. But that's that's been it, really, for this team. They are a play away from being 1-3, and and they're a couple of plays away from being 4-0. and If Mississippi State simply protects the football, if they just protect the football and eliminate a a certain penalty or two, they're 4-0. 
This is the kind of game where that is going to be at a premium. Texas A&M, as you guys know by now, uh, they're really good defensively. All joking aside about Jimbo Fisher's contract and stuff like that, the $9 million, the $1.5 million raise that Ross Bjork gave him just a few weeks ago while negotiating against himself, all of that joking aside, A&M is still very talented, very good on defense. Uh, points are going to be at a premium in this game. I, I think you're looking at like a 17-14 kind of game. Very low scoring, very ugly, honestly, with all due respect, uh, very ugly possible football game. Now, we've seen that Mississippi State can win ugly. And, you know, it's not the best term. Somebody on the radio show didn't like that I called their win over NC State ugly. The game itself was ugly. The win was good. Game wasn't pretty to watch, and that's okay. As long as you get a W, who gives a crap how it looked like? A, a win is a win over a quality opponent. I think that's going to be this, this game for State and a and It's going to be a muddy game. It's going to be a dirty game where points are at a premium. Defenses are going to shine. You're not going to get good quarterback play from Texas A&M at all. Uh, and A&M is going to be able to execute the rush three, drop eight thing because I think the three on their defensive line are good enough, or the four, if they bring a little bit of pressure, are good enough to get home. So I expect a, a really ugly football game. So the X factor is turnovers, costly penalties, timeout management. If Mississippi State simply plays mistake-free football, I'm not saying zero penalties. That's completely unrealistic. But the timing of one penalty in particular may have been the difference in the LSU game. The fumble uh, of of all the talk in the Memphis game about the punt return, the fumble return for a touchdown. There, there's your difference in the football game. Mississippi State has missed field or missed a field goal last week in what ended up being a close game. I think it's so simple. It's so simple. If Mississippi State protects the football and doesn't have costly penalties, they will win the football game. I think it's that simple. That'll be the difference. You tell me what the turnover margin is, and I tell you who wins the game. It'll be that close. And that simple. So for state, play mistake free. If you don't turn the football over, if you don't have costly penalties, if you make your field goals and the drops last week, the drops were also an issue. Just if you clean, just clean up the crap from a week ago, you're going to college station and you're winning this game. I think it's really that simple. And then the next one is, you know, it's broken record. Go vertical. Will Rogers completion percentage throwing the football down the field is actually very good. His completion percentage when he throws the football down the field is pretty good. The volume, though, is awful. They don't do it very often. And I think this is a game where you're going to be able to do that and take more risks vertically because I don't expect AM to score on your defense very much. So this should be a game where Rodgers is more comfortable going vertical. I, I hope that's the case because it needs to be the case. But when you look at the numbers, his completion percentage when throwing the football down the field is good. It's good, but they never do it. And so that's why the numbers look the way they do. It's a very – right now they're very efficient, complete passes at a high volume. The depth of target is really just bad. It, it's really bad. And if you're going to win this game, you have to play mistake-free – and you have to open it up just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Because when you do it, you do it well. When he tests defenses vertically, 
He does it well, but he doesn't do it enough. This is a perfect game for you to be able to do that because I don't think AM scoring on you very much. 17-14, what's the, the over-under total for this game? Uh, I have it in front of me. 46. So 17-14, not a math guy, um, would not cover, right? This is embarrassing. Yeah, it's 31. Um, yeah, I would hit the under. I'd hit the under at 46. Somewhere like 17-14 is what I see uh, for this one. And then what Mississippi State absolutely cannot do is allow A&M to get home with three or four because I think this is the best secondary that they've seen so far this season. Uh, I think Texas A&M in total is the most talented team they've seen so far this year, if you can believe that. Calzada aside, bad quarterback play for the Aggies aside, this is the most talented team they've seen so far this year. And if A&M is getting home with three or four, then it's going to be really tough to do the other thing, which is go vertical, because this is the best secondary you've seen so far this year. They will be able to cover. Uh, they will be able to cover with seven in coverage or eight in coverage, if that's the case. Um, I think we're going to learn at some point that LSU is just simply not what we're used to seeing from LSU from a talent perspective. Uh, I think they're lacking in a lot of positions. A&M is not. Uh, so you cannot. The offensive line is improving, though, for State. LSU came into last week leading the SEC in sacks. They had one in the game. They only brought three basically the entire afternoon, but still. Uh, Louisiana Tech was able to get home with three sometimes. So they are improving up there. That improvement has to continue if they want to have a chance in this game. Zach says, no more dang golf talk this week. It's football time. <laughs> I hear you, man. Boy, did we have some technical issues on the radio show yesterday. That, uh, yeah. No, no golf talk today. No golf talk today. Um, just not going to do it. Love the Sanderson Farms. They're great to us. I'll be out there on Sunday. No more golf talk. Zach also says, number one thing for State, either A, make those downfield catches to score on big plays, or B, execute better in the red zone. That's a good one. The drives are there. They just can't get the points. Red zone execution has been really low on the list of things that people have paid attention to, but it's probably – I mean, you execute in the red zone, you beat Memphis. Again, everybody talks about the punt return, and I understand why, because that was not decided by the players on the field. Officials blew that. But if you execute in the red zone in a goal-to-go situation, you win the game. If you don't give up a fumble return for a touchdown, you win the game. That That's a good point. I, I don't even have it listed here uh, at, at all. I haven't, ta- I haven't even taken a note about that since the seasons began. That shows you kind of where that's fallen on the list. But no, that's a good one. Red zone execution for State has got to get better. That's a really good one. Even after LSU still averaging above five free points for the other team, Every game, Mississippi State has largely shot themselves in the foot. Uh, they have lar- that's just what they've done this season. They have shot themselves in the foot for three of their four games, and the one that they didn't, they won the football game. Yes, I know they beat Louisiana Tech, but you get my point. Um, self-inflicted errors has killed this team right now. Uh, they're close. They're, they're close to being. Uh, what Auburn's been for like the last 10 years, if that makes sense. Uh, you know, I don't think they're close to competing with Alabama or anything like that. I think they still have a long way to go to be, you know, really good. 
but they are close to being somebody that's even Alabama's annoyed to play, at least. Um, anyway, what's more important for M- MSU's offense, Ethan says, running the ball on first down or throwing it downfield on a and um, It depends on the looks. But, but if A&M is really just putting th- three down linemen and maybe like even looking at like a 3-2-6 situation, something like that, uh, then you try to run them out of it. I mean, that's the key, right? If teams are going to do the rush three drop eight, you try to run them out of it. Running on first down, probably more important than going vertical because if they can run A&M out of that kind of mentality, then maybe the vertical passing game can come after that. But it's Mike Leach. I mean, you know what you're getting with Mike Leach. That he's Running the football, even if you do it well, is not going to be part of the offense with any sort of volume. It never has been. When they do it, they do it well, but they don't do it very much, and they never will. I mean, we've got 20 years of sample size that says that they never will. Maybe he'll change, but you know, we got a couple decades worth that says they'll run it some, they'll do it, but it will not be the offense's main idea. But yeah, if they can run AM out of it, that, that would be huge. Zach says, though, it's the downfield throws all the way. At least versus LSU, the run game looked better than the deep passing game. It did. It did, and mostly because LSU was willing to give that up in order to stay in the very frustrating... Uh, LSU fans cracked me up. So two years ago, LSU fans were mad that Bo Pelini did like exclusively man-to-man and got absolutely lit up. And then last week, they were frustrated with LSU only bringing three. It's like, what do you want? Do you, do you want them to bring more pressure and then run man and get smoked like Pelini did? Or... Do you want them to do the best way to stop the air raid and not bring any pressure? Like, what do you, what do you guys want? Are you, are you never satisfied? I mean, uh, people were mad. I, I saw Matt Moscona replying to some of his followers on Twitter. And during the game, LSU gave up three points in the first eight Mississippi State possessions, and LSU fans were mad about the strategy. It's like, what the hell do you guys want? What do you want? Um. It just Texas. There was one guy on the Reddit game thread uh, saying that they need to start running some man instead of all the zones. I just laughed and laughed. Oh my gosh! I mean, uh, defending the air raid is frustrating. It's very frustrating because you're gonna give up five, six yard dump offs pretty often, and the they're, they're gonna move the football on you a little bit. But when you do that approach. It takes 15 plays to move down the field as opposed to five. And there are more errors that happen in a 15-play drive as opposed to a five-play drive. So that's why you you bring three or four and you drop everybody else into coverage and keep everything underneath you because you can force them into mistakes. And Mississippi State, so far, in the first 14 games of Mike Leach's tenure or whatever it is, 14-15, you've been able to capitalize on their mistakes. That's why you play defense against them this way. If you run man against Mike Leach, you're an idiot. It's just, you are asking to get beat if you run man. You're asking for it. And Bo Pliny learned the hard way, although his buyout's pretty special, as it looks like. Um, I do think uh, I'm picking Mississippi State to cover that spread, so I'm taking the, is it up to seven and a half? I have not locked that in. No, it's at seven. Uh, I will lock that in. After we uh, 
we hang up here. Uh, but I am picking State to cover the seven points in that game. Ole Miss. Ole Miss absolutely must do what if they want to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa tomorrow. Uh, commit to the run. And I know they will. I mean, if you look at pass versus run distribution for Ole Miss so far this year, it's 51-49 pass to run. 51-49 pass to run. Uh, Jimbo's buyout, if they fired him today, would be it's like $90 million. I mean, his contract is fully guaranteed. Again, negotiating against yourself. His $90 million contract that just got renewed at the start of the season. Uh, so it would be, I guess, if you fired him at the end of the year, it would be $81 million. It's a fully guaranteed contract. So, yeah. And Ross Bjork didn't give Matt Luke any mitigation language when he was negotiating against himself. So I assume if they did fire Jimbo and he took another job, that $81 million still going to his bank account based on precedent. Daniel, I agree with you. I, he says, I'm an Ole Miss fan, but I think that expecting an Ole Miss win is setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah, if you if you have the expectation without perspective, then you're doing it wrong. Fans expect to win every game, and I, I'm never going to fault a fan for expecting to win the game. But if you don't, and, and you are mad about it or whatever, then you're missing perspective on the situation. 14 games into Lane Kiffin's tenure at Ole Miss with a COVID year, and he inherited the worst defense talent-wise that I have seen on an SEC team not named Vanderbilt. Going to Tuscaloosa and losing is not disappointing if they play well. Like I said yesterday, if they get beat 52-7 to or whatever, then it's an issue. Then there's something wrong, and we'll talk about that on Sunday morning. Then there's an issue. But if they go there and they get beat 42 to 35 and play well and just come up a little short, if you're disappointed with that result, you don't have perspective. I don't mean to be harsh. I don't like coming at at fans and stuff that hard. But if you're if they go there and play well and lose, and you're disappointed, you don't have perspective. Um. Daniel also says too many fans out there are way too confident about the W tomorrow. I've seen a lot of that. I've uh, I've seen a lot of that. Um, you know, fans being confident doesn't really affect anything. You just you hope they understand the situation because expecting to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa in year two, considering the state of the program when it was taken over and what they've had to deal with in between then and now. This result doesn't change anything or shouldn't change anything about your program and the direction it's headed at all. That's why I keep calling this a free shot because a loss doesn't, shouldn't alter anything. The program is on an upward trajectory, a very clear one, a very obvious one. Losing to Alabama does not change that. Losing to Vanderbilt changes that. Or getting beat by 40 points tomorrow changes that a little bit anyway. But if it's close and they play well and lose, if it plays out similarly to last year, that's not something that you should be disappointed in. But anyway, um, Ole Miss's play distribution is about 50-50 run to pass. But I think the key to winning this game is successfully running the football because it does multiple things. First... We saw Florida without a passing threat, with all due respect uh, to Emory Jones, 
Not a passing threat. Florida was able to control the line of scrimmage and run the football and wear Alabama down. If Ole Miss is able to commit to the run and successfully run the football, it could also do the same thing. And I think Ole Miss's backs are better than that of Florida. They're deeper, especially. But what that will do is force Alabama to play downhill, and then that's when your Heisman contending quarterback, who's got the best deep ball in college football, uh, at least he's got the most accurate deep ball in college football, can beat you over the top. So it does two things. One, it could expose a potential weakness for Alabama, and that's crazy to say because that team doesn't really have any. But Florida wore them down running the football in the second half. So if almost commits to the run and, and can do it well, it will, one, possibly grind Alabama down, but two, force them to play downhill. Boom, you throw the ball over the top, which is where Matt Corral is at his best. So Ole Miss absolutely must have to commit to the run, and I'll give you a bonus one. Can't panic. You, you cannot panic. This is the first time that Matt Corral has played in front of a real crowd since the Egg Bowl in 2019, and he wasn't the full-time starter then because of coaching incompetence. But if you get in a hole early, if you make a mistake early, you, you cannot panic because that's what happened in those blow-up games a year ago. One mistake turned into six. One mistake has to stay one. And Florida was down 21-3 to three and were able to come back in the game. And objectively, Ole Miss has a more balanced and talented offense than that of Florida. Yes, it was in Gainesville, not in Tuscaloosa, but still. Do not panic if you make a mistake early, if you're not moving the football early, if you get scored on early. Don't panic because you are explosive enough to bring yourself back into games. You're talented enough to do it. And forcing a football where it doesn't belong if you get into an early hole is just going to spell trouble for you. And it will have a, a similar feel to a couple of games a year ago. So commit to the run because I think that's where Alabama can be most susceptible. But if you get in an early hole, if you make an early mistake, with 100,000 people breathing down your neck for the first time in two years, don't panic. Just don't panic. I'm fascinated to see how Matt Corral handles a real crowd for the first time in, in two years. He's changed a lot since 2019. How much, we're about to find out. Ole Miss absolutely cannot turn the football over. That's, uh, I mean, they're, they're kind of one and the same. They absolutely cannot turn the football over um, because mostly, yes, I, I've said it all week long. I feel like I'm getting repetitive today, but that's okay. Uh, Ole Miss is better defensively. You can see it with your own eyes. They have upgraded in talent and the guys that were there are playing better. They understand the, understand the scheme better. They still have holes. And, I think that Alabama is going to be able to score on them. Not 62 points, at least you hope not, but I think Alabama is going to have success and score on that defense. Not as much. They will be able to get some stops, I think, but Alabama is still going to be able to score. Ole Miss has been running a 3-2-6. Alabama, I suspect, will be able to run at that 3-2-6 and do it with some success. Uh, so you can't turn the football over. If you're going to win this game, it's going to have to look like last year, where you're going to have to trade touchdowns. Scoring is going to be at, at – um, you're going to have to score a lot, I think, to win this game. I, I'm not – Bill Connolly's formula says it's going to be like 34-27 or something like that. 
It's just a mathematical formula. I think in this case, it's wrong. And you're going to have to score. And basically be flawless on offense. I'm not talking about scoring on every possession, but I mean not making that kind of a mistake. Not don't fumble like Henry Paris did against Tulane. You can't turn the football over if you're going to win this game because I think you're going to have to outscore to some degree Alabama. They're better defensively, not ready yet to shut down a team that's as talented as this one. So commit to the run and don't panic. And you cannot, cannot turn the football over in this game. You cannot make mistakes like that. And Ole Miss is the most penalized team in America right now, I think. Um, they're definitely up there. Got to reduce the penalties. You have to. Um, that's been a sneaky storyline that not enough people have talked about uh, with that team this year, in part because they're just blowing everybody out. But they turn the football over. to, or they, they have too many penalties, way too many penalties, double-digit penalties, I think, in every game. It's bad. That's got to get cleaned up or else you're not winning tomorrow. There's no shot. If you have 120 yards worth of penalties against Alabama, you're not winning this game. So that's got to be cleaned up and got to be cleaned up fast. Uh, I've got three picks for you, just like uh, last week went 3-0. and So you know these are about to all be losers. Um, you heard me talk about it yesterday. Uh, I think Georgia's going to cover the big line, the 18-point line at home. Uh, they in Arkansas are, are trying to beat people in a very similar way, and Georgia is significantly more talented than that of Arkansas. I think they will. Maybe it's an early struggle. Maybe Arkansas is ready to play. Not maybe. They will be. They'll be schemed up well, but Georgia has the best team that money, I mean, recruiting can get, and um, they they will be dominant tomorrow morning, just flat-out dominant uh, over Arkansas. I think the Hogs are really good. I think next week in Oxford is – for second in the West, but Arkansas is not ready to compete in a game like this with the style of play that Georgia has and the style of play that they have. I don't think they're ready for this. So Georgia minus the 18. I'm also taking Florida uh, at Kentucky minus seven and a half. Kentucky's fool's gold, and we will uh, that will be exposed by the Gators coming up tomorrow. I, I don't think Kentucky's going to be able to score. Uh, I think Dan... Mullen is using Emory Jones in a very good way, very nice way, uh, not asking him to too, do too much in the passing game, but really relying on his legs to get it done. Kentucky can't score. Kentucky turns the football over too much. They are a very much fool's gold 4-0 and right now is Kentucky, and uh, that will get exposed. And then I'm taking LSU minus three. I'm taking LSU minus three at home, 8 o'clock kickoff in Tiger Stadium. Uh, it's a place that Auburn has really struggled in the past. And I think that they are going to win. Banged up, not very good. Auburn should be what? Um, two and two? <laughs> they had no business beating Georgia State. I think that um, as banged up as they are, and in some spots, not talented as LSU is, in that environment at 8 o'clock Central, LSU is going to cover the three. So there you go. There are your uh, three picks for the weekend and your two questions. So uh, I will be back with you guys on Sunday. That's the plan. So uh, I won't be with you tomorrow night. I will be with you Sunday morning, 7.30, 8 o'clock. I know that's early, but uh, I've got I've got to do that. I've got to go baby clothes shopping because uh, they grow, as it turns out. I don't know if you guys knew this. Um, babies grow 
<laughs> we got to get like an entirely new wardrobe for uh, for winter. So got to do this, do that, and then the uh, Sanderson Farms Championship. Sanderson Farms Championship. Uh, honestly, Sebastian, I'll just answer this completely and totally honestly. I have not watched Jackson State play this year. I haven't. Uh, as great of a story as Dion is, it's a great story. I mean, bringing notoriety to Jackson's a good thing. Um, it is. Although, apparently, they cannot score at all. Uh, quite bad offensively. Um, the majority of my listening audience uh, doesn't care. I, I I hate to put it that way. It's just it's just true. Um, they would rather hear us talk NFL than that of uh, FCS football. I would say the same thing about Delta State. I mean, we we get a guy that texts the radio show. Why don't you cover the Delta State games? Because there there's not the demand for it. Um, th- there's barely the demand. F- no, nah, I'm no. I'll make somebody mad if I say that. Um, but you know, MC Millsaps, Bellhaven, uh, Jackson State, Delta State. There's just there's not the demand for it, and so you know maybe maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I'd be willing to accept criticism on that if you guys disagree. But for based on my observations. Uh, it's Mississippi State and Ole Miss, of course. Priority one and two, drop off the rest of the SEC, little drop off, Cowboys, Saints, rest of the NFL. That's kind of the pecking order of uh, of how things go. Um, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. I really could. And um, I would happily accept being wrong in that. That's just what I've observed as the majority of our audience would rather, you know, me watch the LSU Auburn game and be ready to talk about that as opposed to the JSU game. Again, I could be wrong. I, I could be. Um, Miles, that's the thing that I, I was going to say that, that I would make somebody mad if I did. <laughs> uh, so, somewhere in there though, it may Ole Miss and, and state of the priority. I think, I think it's Ole Miss state, the rest of the SEC, Southern Miss, somewhere below that. I mean, you should see our guys. You should see our engagement when we talk LSU. We have LSU fans, a lot of them that listen to our show every day. We have Alabama fans, a lot of them that listen to our show every day. I mean, it's it's kind of it bugs me a little bit that when I go to um, like PetSmart, for example, or or Petco, and I've got two dogs, a cat, and a couple fish. Right, so I've got to. Uh, I go to the pet store often. You go to the the pet clothes area with like collars and leashes, and then you know little costumes or shirts or whatever that people put on their dogs. I live in Madison, Mississippi. Right, um, I live in Madison, Mississippi, a suburb of the state capital. And when you go to that place, you see LSU gear and Alabama gear, and very few Ole Miss in state. Now, in fairness, like you'll go to Academy or Dick Sporting Goods or something like that, and it's mostly Ole Miss and State, a little bit of Southern mixed in there. Uh, there's a great local store here, for what it's worth, called College Corner, uh, who has a 
I mean, the stores divided Ole Miss State, and they have a, a section for for Southern as well. Um, so so it's here, but there are a lot of uh, bandwagon Alabama fans, especially in LSU fans around here. So we got to cater to them as well. There's a lot of them, a whole whole lot of them. But anyway, I I don't know if that's the right answer. Honestly, it's tough. I mean, when you've got so much. The people in the South, I've noticed this uh, in media and other states as well, they care so much about so much that it's hard to divide time equally. You know what I mean? Uh, like my friends over in South Carolina, you know, more, majority Clemson, USC, but you've got Georgia fans in the state. And then people that just want to hear you talk about the rest of the SEC as well. I know, like me and my friend group, and this isn't scientific, but you know, they watch all the games. They don't just watch Ole Miss. They don't just watch State. They see it all. And so when they go to a podcast or whatever, they want to hear it all. Um, the the few Saturday night live streams that I've done, people are asking me about the Texas Tech game. I mean, it's it's hard to figure out the, the best divide for it. And I am, especially for the radio show, I'm, you know, as the, the sole prepper for it it's hard to figure out what is what but doing the best i can i guess for whatever that's worth uh, i'll be back with you sunday morning 7 30 8 o'clock somewhere around there sunday morning yeah, and then i'll be off to the golf tournament, which is gonna be a lot of fun so uh don't forget to subscribe so you can see it then but yeah 7 30 8 o'clock somewhere around there sunday morning to recap everything that goes on tomorrow hopefully we're talking about some wins around here. That would be great. In the meantime, you'll have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you then. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.